The title of our sermon series, uh, ever since the beginning of December, has been Focusing on Your Destiny. This is the next to the last sermon in the series. Next Sunday, next weekend, uh, will be the last sermon in the series. We're learning how to get right with God so He can guide us. God can't guide you the way He wants to guide you. He limits Himself to your faith in Him. Now, God's unlimited unless he limits himself, and he limits himself to your confidence in him and your trust in him and your faith in him. And so God is calling us this morning in this worship service to get right with him, to get right with God so he can lead us, so he can guide us, so he can give us wisdom, so he can say, woe, and so he can say, Go. But if you're not walking in intimacy with him, you're not going to sense that from the Lord. You're not going to get those messages from the Lord. Uh, We're writing down lists in this sermon series. We've got three categories in our list, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, We're setting some goals and making some plans and developing some God-given strategies in this series called Focusing on Your Destiny. We're doing this for ourselves. And we're doing it for our families. And we are finding the biblical foundation for this sermon series in the book of Genesis chapter 24 where there is a man named Abraham. And God has promised him he is going to be the father of a great nation. Finally, he has a son named Isaac. You know, if you're going to be the father of something, you've got to have some babies. And my staff understands that because about half the staff's pregnant, you know. And uh, I told them when they came on staff, I said, you have to bring so many new people into the church. It wasn't what I had in mind exactly, but uh, whatever. Uh, so, So Abraham looks around one day, and he doesn't have a son. He begins to pray. God gives him a son miraculously. His name is Isaac. He looks around later in Isaac's life when Isaac should be about to get married at least, and he's not even dating anybody, and Abraham kind of says, how am I going to be the father of a great nation if I don't get my boy connected to a godly woman? And so he calls in Eleazar, his servant, and he says, Eleazar, I want you to go to Iraq and find a wife for my son Isaac. Now, the reason he sent him to Iraq is because that's where Abraham was from. He said, I want you to go there and find a girl for my boy. Now, this passage applies to us in Genesis 24 because in his mission, Eleazar does nine things that lead to the fulfillment of Abraham's goals, thus Eleazar's goals. He does nine things that cause his dream to come true. He does nine things that causes the vision God has put in him for his life to become a reality. And what we're challenging you to do in this sermon series is to look at this pattern that Eleazar sets for us and understand that if you will follow it in this new year, 2013, it will be the best year of your life and it will become a platform or a foundation if you will allow God to work that deeply in you so that, listen to this, so that the rest of your life can be the best of your life. Now, I'm going to click through the first six steps. We've already talked about those. I've already preached on those. If you want to hear 
uh, the message on those, you can certainly go online or you can purchase the CDs and uh, you can listen to these messages. Number one, determine where you are right now. Number two, step two, describe exactly what you want. And that's the list. Do you remember the list? Number three, discover a promise from God. That is the scripture, the word of God. Step four, ask God for help. We're always praying through this process. That's what this time of fasting and prayer is about. Step five, identify the barriers. That's a big one right there. That's a big one. What's been holding me back? Why don't I already have these things? Why aren't these things already true in my life? And then last week, Pastor Jeremy talked about step six, create a step-by-step plan, which is actually what we're doing in this sermon series, giving you nine steps to your destiny as a child of God, the purpose God made you. Every one of you were made with a purpose. Every one of you were made for a particular reason. You are gifted to carry out your purpose. You say, well, I don't know what my gifts are. Well, um, we happen to have a class coming up here uh, beginning this Wednesday night where, we, where you can learn your giftings. You can learn what you're good at and how to get plugged into the body of Christ. So we got this step-by-step plan. Now the reason I put number six in there is because I want you to hear my sermon. I want you to see the nine steps. I want you to apply the nine steps. But I want you to understand that God may give you some unique things about your personal strategy to discovering who you are and how your gifts are to be used in the body of Christ. So so my point is, um, if God will help me explain it to you, I want you to listen to the sermon, I want you to buy into what I'm teaching, but I want you to understand that God doesn't only speak to you through the pastor and through other uh, people who are mature in God than you, more mature in God than you, but God will speak to you personally. God will give you guidance, and God will give you strategies. Uh, Let me just say to you today that I'm not a priest that you have to come to. I'm not somebody you have to come to to get in touch with God. You, You go to God yourself, and God loves you the way God loves me, and God loves me the way God loves Billy Graham, and God loves you the way God loves Paul. And there are no respecter of persons with God. And the ground around Calvary is all level ground. And so you, I want you to hear this, you can hear from the Lord. Now, I've never heard God's voice audibly. But I have heard God's voice. And I've felt God's leading. And sometimes I'm not sure. I'm like Pastor Jimmy. Sometimes I'm not sure, Pastor Jimmy Bryant, if it's God or gas. But, but if you keep pursuing him, if you keep seeking him, if something keeps coming back to your heart, there's a good possibility that that's a God thing happening in you. Okay? So God doesn't just speak to pastor, and God doesn't just speak to the staff, and God, you know, I I don't ever want to create a culture in this church where you hadn't heard from God till you've talked to me. And my wife's out there going, amen to that, amen. I'm saying to you, you have a direct connect. You have a direct connect. And I I get really 
um, nervous when pastors imply or leaders, spiritual leaders imply that you got to come to me. you got to come to me. See, let me tell you what that is. That's a control thing. That's a control thing. You ever, you ever heard a pastor imply, if you don't come to this church, I'm not sure you're going to make it to heaven. You know, you don't come right out maybe and say it, but he implies if you're not in this church. Let me tell you something, man. That's bad teaching right there. Um, we, we believe if you will come to this church and follow the teaching of this church, that you will go to heaven, but we also believe there are many, many, many other good churches out there preaching the gospel just like we are. Amen, amen. Collaboration, teamwork, what we say, you remember networking partnerships. We're not, we're not in competition with other buildings that have steeples on them. If they believe in the cross of Calvary and the Lord Jesus Christ as the way to heaven, then we're their brothers, we're their sisters, and we work together with them to win this world to Christ. Let's look at step number seven. That's what we want to talk about today. You got to be patient and persistent. You got to be patient and persistent. The reason we have to be patient and persistent is because our goals, our vision, our dreams are not going to happen overnight. They're not going to happen overnight. Don't get frustrated. Don't get frustrated. The Bible describes us as farmers. The Bible describes us as husbandmen. That means a person who farms. When you put a seed in the ground, you don't go back two days later and go, what's up? Let's get with it. It takes time for fruit to be born from the labor of a farmer. The bigger your goals, the longer it's probably going to take. The more significant your goals, the more time and energy you're going to expend reaching them. Reaching your dreams, your dreams coming true is going to require, get it, Time, energy, discipline, persistence, determination. Now this is the part of the sermon where you realize there's some work involved in this. Absolutely. There is work involved in you getting to that place you want to be. But I promise you. I guarantee you that if you will put in the time and put in the energy and put in the effort and practice the disciplines, God will make out of you a person at one time you never dreamed you could be. I promise you that. I guarantee it. But it's going to take time. It's going to take discipline. It's going to take persistence. It's going to take energy. The number one problem with most people is they set their goals too low and they try to accomplish them too quickly. They set their goals too low and try to accomplish them too quickly. Now we're talking about 2013 and there are some wonderful things that can be accomplished in 2013 but I want you to view 2013 as the beginning of a new life for you. 
as the beginning of a new perspective, a new way of thinking for you. I want you to be able to look back on 2013 and say, that is when my life totally began a transformation unlike any other transformation I've ever been through. 2013, we tend to overestimate what we can do in one year and we tend to underestimate what we could accomplish in 10 years. Did you hear that? We tend to overestimate what we can do in one year and underestimate what could be accomplished in 10 years if we'll put in the time. So think beyond 2013. Set some big goals and set your mind to understand that this is going to take a longer time to reach those big goals. That's why I've told you over and over, I want you to think of 2013 as a platform, just a foundation for a whole different structure of life. I really believe, this is not just a cute little cliche, but I really believe that if you will make some decisions and be persistent and patient and stay on your face before God that the rest of your life can be the best of your life. So it's not a day of destiny really. We're not really talking about a day of destiny or even a year of destiny. Destiny. We're talking about a life of destiny. Everybody say, the rest of my life. Not just 2013, the rest of my life. 2013 is going to be the year we look back on and say, that's when it all began. That's when it all began. Hear the word of the Lord today. Hear the word of the Lord. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm certain that some very, listen, this is important because I don't want you to be discouraged by what I'm saying today. I want you to sit out there and go, oh, it's going to take forever. I am confident, I am certain that some very positive things can happen in your life this year. I'm confident that God is going to give you some victories this year, this year, 2013, that he, is gonna, that he is gonna reveal, he is gonna manifest his working in your life this year so you can know that things are turning around. But I want you to understand it is that person who is in it for the long haul who's gonna see the greatest transformations and the most permanent transformations in their life. I want you to follow Eleazar's nine-step pattern. Many of you have asked for the sermon notes. I hope all of you get them because I hope this year when you kind of get, uh, you know, when you're in a sermon series like this, you're all excited and you hear something every Sunday about it. But this sermon series is going to be over. I'm going to be preaching on marriage in a couple of weeks. And, and then we're going to be talking about something called the big invite. And then after the big invite, we've got Easter coming up. And we're going to be doing a series called uh, one month to live, one month to live, and all that's coming up, so we're going to be on some different things. We're going to be asking you over the next couple of months not to make it about you getting something, but we're going to talk to you about helping other people in your life who are unchurched get hooked up with what you found in God. Amen, amen. Isn't that good stuff? So we're going to make it about, amen. We're going to make it not about you getting something. And some of y'all are going to have a hard time with that because you really like getting stuff. So we're going to make it not about you getting, but we're going to make it about you giving something. 
you blessing somebody else. Because how many of you know if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. But if he can't get it through you, if you only want him to get it to you, and you're not interested in him getting it through you, then what that does is that creates, that creates death, that doesn't create life. If there's a body of water that has an inflow of fresh water and it also has an outlet, then that, there will be life in that body of water. But if there's only an inflow and not an outflow, it stagnates. And the stuff that's in it doesn't live. It dies. you got to have an outflow from your life. So we're going to help you with that. We're going to challenge you on that. We're going to train you and teach you. We want you to have an outflow from your life so you can always be having a fresh inflow from God in your life. Man, that sounds good right there, don't it? Amen? So it's not a day or a year. It's a life of destiny. The kind of transformation we're talking about in this sermon series, I mean becoming the person you know God wants you to be, is not going to be overnight. It's going to be a process. It's a process. We don't get into a mess overnight, do we? We don't get into a mess overnight. I love these uh, commercials on TV that say you can lose all the weight it took you five years to gain in 30 days. And you can. But you probably won't be alive afterwards. But you can lose it. Um, I'm not trying to discourage you about this. I don't want you to be discouraged. But I got to tell you, I live in Realville. Who lives in Realville? Amen. Remember I talked about that a couple weeks ago? I ended my sermon with that old story about the lady who came in my wife's shop back when my, la- my wife was uh, doing hair and she had that big old bandage on her toe. She wasn't living in Realville. Y'all remember that story? And her toe was hanging out the tennis shoe and she had the galls around it. And, and my wife said, what's wrong with your toe? And she said, I don't receive it. I don't accept it. There's nothing wrong with it. And I just told y'all, being the carnal man I am, that I would have left to been there just to thump her on that toe. <clears throat> I know, I know. I'm going to ask the Lord to forgive me. I apologize, Jesus. I apologize. But I live in Realville. So I want you to think about, this is going to really perk up your morning. Y'all ready? You should think about financial debt. Did it take a while to get in that? It's going to take some time to get out, but you can. You can get out. I want you to think about marriage difficulties. Didn't start out bad, but over time it got bad. Took a while to get there. But you can get it back not only to healthy like it was, but way yonder more healthy than it's ever been. But it's going to take some time. Addictions. You're not addicted overnight. It takes a while to get addicted. When we think of addictions, well, they think of drugs and alcohol. But I'll tell you there are more addictions out there than drugs and alcohol. You know, those of us who aren't addicted to drugs and alcohol, we kind of look down on those who are, and we got our own kind of little holy addictions. Mm. Some of us are addicted to the medicine the doctor prescribed for us. Did did my microphone, did it break? (laughs) Did y'all hear what I just said? And we think because the doctor prescribed it for us, or maybe we actually got a couple of doctors prescribing the same thing. But because he prescribed it, 
I'm, I'm very holy. No, you're addicted just like that dude that's addicted to cocaine. Yes, I said it out loud. Emotional issues, the, the emotional things that you have sunk into, um, it took a while to sink into those things. It's going to take a while to get out of those things. The educational things that you need to make up for aren't going to happen overnight. The stuff you need to learn, the stuff you need to learn so you can be, so you can make yourself more valuable, that is a time process. You have to, you, you, go, you have to go about uh, peeling it like peeling the skins of an onion one thin layer at a time. Remember that nothing great is ever accomplished without patience. Nothing great is ever accomplished without patience. Nothing great is ever accomplished without determination and persistence and endurance. Here's what I hope you'll do. I hope you'll set some huge goals, and then I hope you'll set yourself to spend the rest of your life pursuing them. Because it is in the pursuit of them that God makes you what he wants you to be and who he wants you to be. It's not in the attainment, it is in the pursuit. It is in the pursuit. Eleazar is our example of this uh, idea of patience and persistence. Let's look in the scripture a little bit. Uh, First of all, he's patient in finding the right woman. He's not impulsive about it. He's not quick on the draw. He's not like, I got to hurry up and get a woman and get her back to Abraham. And Let's look at verse 21. The servant, who was the servant? Eleazar quietly watched her. Who was he watching? Rebecca. He wanted to be sure. Sometimes it takes time to be sure about something. Sometimes we have a little emotional experience and we go, that's God. It might not be God. Pastor Jimmy will preach a sermon to you tell you it might be gas. You want to be, everybody say it, sure, and being sure takes time. He wanted to be sure that the Lord had, that who? Had made his trip, and that takes time. He's not just jumping at the first chance. Oh, here, she's good, she looks good, she acts nice, let's go. He's waiting. We see Eleazar being patient. Listen, I love this word. I love this word. He's being intentional about this. He's being intentional. Eleazar gets invited to Rebecca's house for dinner. And so he goes over for dinner, and we see at that dinner that he is very focused. We see at that dinner uh, what's going on and how, how persistent he is. Look at verse 33. Now we jump to verse 33. It says, Then... The supper was served. So Eleazar gets invited over to Rebecca's house. You say, well, how do you meet her in the details? Well, that's, that's the part of the story you can study. And so um, the supper was served, but Abraham's servant said, look, look at what Abraham's servant says, I don't want to eat until I've told you why I've come. That, you know what that tells me? Eleazar was focused on the mission. He was focused on obeying Abraham, who he believed in his heart, had heard from God. 
Now, if it had been me, I'd have went past the cream potatoes. We can talk while we eat. And it's interesting that I mention mashed potatoes because I have not had any white food since November the 1st. And I want some. <laughs> Eleazar is focused. Listen to me. In this process of 2013, you following these nine steps, you are not always going to be focused the way you have been during this series. There are going to be storms. There are going to be things that are going to happen in your life, and the enemy is going to use those things to get you off course. But the Christian life, Paul tells us, is lived like that of a sailor. A sailor puts his hand on the rudder of his boat. Back in the old days, they would, they would know how, what direction to go in. But they didn't have GPS and radar and all that kind of stuff. So they would look at the constellations. They would look at the stars. And they knew that to get from this point to that point, they had to put the, what's the point of the boat called? That, the bow. They had to put it either to right on a constellation or a little to the left of the constellation, a little to the right. Now listen to me. This is very important because this, what I'm about to teach you is going to set some of you free because here's what you think. You think God said put the point of your Christian life on that constellation and if it gets off the constellation, my relationship with you is over. I don't only want to tell you it might get off the point. It's going to get off the point. Your responsibility, are y'all with me on this? Your responsibility is to adjust the rudder so that when it drifts off, you just bring it right back on. It's how the Christian life is lived. I'm about to make a bold statement. Brace yourselves. People who tell you they can put the point of their Christian life boat on the constellation and it never gets off the constellation, it's always right on point, is a liar. Storms of life, disappointments of life, unexpected things that come your way through the process of 2013, it is going to be something that's going to blow your boat off course, but that is when that discipline kicks in, and that is when that connection with that believer who's on course, you've got that connection, you're in a small group, or you're in a ministry, or you've got friends here at the church, you call them up, and they pray with you and help you adjust your rudder so you can get that thing right back on point. That's good preaching right there, man, I'm telling you. Make a CD. I want to hear this later. Focus, 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 but you're going to lose focus. Be persistent, but sometimes you're not going to be as disciplined because moods overcome us and things of life overcome us. Our patience is sometimes strong. Sometimes our patience is, patience is thin. And so what we have to do is stay near to the one who can help us adjust and even know how to adjust to keep it on that constellation. So when you get blown off course, don't get discouraged. I tell you what, when you get blown off course, all you got to do is go, so does Pastor Farrell. 
So does Pastor Jeremy. So does Pastor Andy. So does the staff of the church. Catherine Barnes, one of the sweetest women I know, a servant of God. Y'all love Miss Catherine? Amen. If you can't get along with Miss Catherine, I'm pretty sure something's wrong with you. <laughs> um, but Miss Catherine gets blown off course. Miss Catherine doesn't even talk about it. Probably is going to get mad at me for talking about it. She's going through a major battle in her life physically. You would never know it. You would never know it. She's going through some stuff physically that the doctors don't know what the answer is. But let me tell you what that girl does. She works every day on keeping the bow of that boat on that constellation. She adjusts. She adjusts. Be ready to adjust. You're going to get blown off course. It doesn't mean you're a heathen. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you've backslid and you're not a Christian anymore. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means you've got to come back to center. You've got to get the point of that boat where it belongs. But you're going to get blown off again down the road. Amen, amen. But you know what I believe? As time passes and you get stronger and stronger and stronger in your faith, there will never come a day when you don't get blown off course from time to time, but those times will become rarer and rarer because you become an awesome sailor. You become an awesome navigator. You become an awesome boat person. You become, you get good at it. You recognize it earlier. You're able to discern when the storm's coming. Where when you were a young sailor, you couldn't discern when the storm was coming. But you're able to discern. Do you see what I'm talking about? Spiritual growth. But don't ever think, don't ever think, don't ever think the day's going to come that the storms are going to stop. When you pass over to the other side, then the storms are over. But as long as you're on this side, storms. Let me say something about storms real quick. Some storms you get yourself into. Jonah. Some storms the Lord sends you into. The disciples. Because there is a story in the Bible of Jonah who got in a storm because he rebelled against God. Amen, amen. How many of y'all know if you rebel against God, it will bring a storm in your life? But there are times, there's another time in the Bible where Jesus looks at his disciples and goes, y'all get on this boat, get on this boat, get on this boat. Just go right on out there. Lord Jesus, are you telling us just go right on out there? Just go right on out there. And they got in there, they got out there and got, on, got into a storm like they'd never been in before and looked like surely they would die. And Jesus came walking on the water to them. So you're going to have storms. Sometimes you arrange them because of your rebellion. Sometimes Jesus just arranges one for you to test you. To test you. So, he says, I don't want to eat until I tell you why I've come. And so then, his, um, the father of Rebekah, his name is Laban. Laban. And Laban says, all right, then tell us your mission." Here's the point. Here's the point I want you to get, and we're coming in for a landing here. For you to reach your goals, for you to reach your goals, you're going to have to delay gratification. Mm. 
for you to reach your goals, you're going to have, if you've got to have instant gratification, you're probably not going to make it. I did tell you, and I want to remind you, that in 2013, I believe God's going to give you some victories to assure you He's there. But your big, big victories are going to come over time. You've got to learn to delay gratification. Most Americans do not have any concept of delayed gratification. We want what we want, and we want it. It's the reason why our entire nation is in the debt it's in, including the government. Because we want what we want, and we want it now, and we think it's just going to magically appear, even though we're not practicing the disciplines that get us to a place of freedom. Every time you buy something on credit, listen, let me just go ahead and say, because I know all y'all been happy with me thus far, and I'm about to make you mad. I buy stuff on credit. Okay, but every time I do, it is, it is saying, I want it now. I don't have the money, and I know sometimes, to have a house, to have a car, to have the basic needs of life, we have to finance things. I understand that. I'm not saying anything against that. I'm just saying, especially in the area of credit cards, y'all calm down. Just hold the amens down just a little bit so I can preach here. Um, credit card cards are a sign of our inability to put off pleasure until we can afford it. What we are saying is, I want it and I want it now. I don't have the money right now. I can't afford it right now, but I want it right now. As a matter of fact, delaying gratification is part of the whole idea of fasting. Fasting doesn't say I'm never going to eat again. It says I'm not going to eat right now because I want to spend this time that I usually spend eating or I usually spend on Facebook or I usually spend doing this hobby or that hobby or whatever. I'm going to set that aside and I'm going to spend that time with God because I want to serve notice on my flesh that you don't rule me, God rules me. That's what fasting says. Fasting says... Body, you don't rule me. God rules me. Fasting shows God we're in business. The difference, I want to talk about successful people. Put this next slide up, guys. The difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is successful people do the things that unsuccessful people are unwilling to do. The difference between spiritually successful people and people who are unsuccessful spiritually is that those who are successfully spiritual people do the disciplines, do the things that unsuccessful spiritual, spiritually unsuccessful people are not willing to do. They're unwilling to do it. That's a, that's a life change statement right there. You can't say, I want to be this mighty giant of God, and then turn around and say, but I'm not going to practice the disciplines. Successful people don't always feel like doing what it takes, but they do it anyway. Spiritually successful people don't always feel like praying, but they pray. 
They don't always feel like reading the Bible, but they read it. Because here's the problem. We don't want to pray until we got this feeling. God didn't say pray when you get goosebumps. God didn't say pray when you feel the, you know, the wind of angels' wings on your back. God said pray. No matter what you're feeling, no matter what emotion you're going through, pray. Read your Bible. Even when you're reading your Bible and thinking about something else, because sometimes when you read the Bible, you're very focused. Sometimes when you read the Bible, you're thinking about a bunch of other stuff and you don't even know what you just read. Listen to me. It is the Bible. It still benefits you. Unsuccessful people, those who are unsuccessful spiritually, only do what they feel like doing. If they don't feel like doing it, they don't do it. To fail, all you have to do is take the easiest path. To fail, all you have to do is take the easiest path. Unsuccessful people always do what's easy. They always do what's convenient. They always do what's comfortable. My point is that successful people know how to delay gratification. They know how to put it off and go, I don't have to have, I don't have, to have it right now. Successful people in the spiritual realm do the tough thing first before they have the fun, before they buy the thing. They know what must be done and they're willing to do it. Successfully, spiritual people always do the right thing before they do the enjoyable thing. Eleazar says, Yeah, I'm hungry. But let's stay focused here. I want to tell you why I'm here. I want to talk about my mission. I want to talk about what God's called me to do. We'll, we'll get to the mashed potatoes. But right now I want to focus on the mission. Until you have the discipline to be patient and persistent, you're never going to reach your goals. Let me give you a scripture. Habakkuk 2.3. Habakkuk, Habakkuk, whatever. Habakkuk is in your Bible. He is a minor prophet. He's called a minor prophet. Now, he's called a minor prophet not because his message is minor, but because his book is short. I got a feeling, had I been one of the prophets, it would have been one of the longer ones. <laughs> I knew. Thank God for truth and honesty. Habakkuk 2.3. Look what God says to Habakkuk, and then we're going to pray right after I read this. Listen, some of you need this verse. The verse I'm about to read is going to be a word to you. But these things I plan for your life won't happen right away. Habakkuk, slowly, steadily, but surely the time approaches when the will be ah. if it seems slow he's got some great advice for you wait <laughs> how not that word the Greek for that is not ticked off <laughs> but with a sweet spirit don't wait ticked off. 
wait with a sweet spirit. For it will take place and will not be ultimately delayed. It might be delayed right now, but ultimately it's going to come. If you didn't hear anything else, I preached the whole morning. Take that verse home with you right there. You know, when Mary and Martha called for Jesus and Jesus didn't come, and then finally Jesus did come, and Mary and Martha were mad. You all remember that story? And Martha talked to Jesus like this, but Mary was very humble. She got down on her knees and talked to Jesus like this. (laughs) They were both ticked off, just had different postures. And Jesus, in the following words after they unloaded on him how disappointed they were in him told them why he waited he said i wanted your faith to be developed i wanted your faith to be developed see christians are like film we develop best in the dark let's all stand together and pray